Hello there. Welcome to another life transforming sermon with Dr. Dazwe Tachero. We've been looking at mentorship and multiplication. Somebody say mentorship and multiplication. Mark chapter 3 verse 13 is our pilot scripture. Mark chapter 3 and verse number 13. Where the Bible says, and he went up on the mountain and called to him those he himself wanted, and they came to him. Then he appointed twelve, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach, and to have power to heal sicknesses, and to cast out demons. I gave you two points which outline the mentoring journey. So the mentoring journey is as follows. Number one is the call. Somebody shout the call. And we looked, about, we looked at the call that God has called you. When you get saved, God has called you. Jesus called the 12. So God has called you. Tell your neighbor, God has called me. Your neighbor didn't hear. Tell them again, God has called me. Then number two, we realized that you are not just called, but you need to obey the call. So number two was obedience. So when he called them, when Jesus called them, he called the 12. The Bible says they came to him. So it's important for us to respond to the call of God upon our lives. And we realize that many people are resistant when it comes to the call of God upon their lives. Paul says in Acts chapter 26 that I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. And I pray that we shall not be disobedient to the heavenly vision as well. We shall respond to God's calling upon our lives. Now after responding, number three is to be equipped. You must be equipped. Tell your neighbor you must be equipped. You see, when people are not equipped, they become a danger to themselves and to others. That's why it is very dangerous to be around someone who has not been equipped. It is dangerous to receive services from someone who has not been equipped. Buildings are collapsing on people because the people who are building those buildings have not been fully equipped. We have killer roads in our country because the people who are constructing those roads, some of them neglected very important you know, principles as they were constructing the roads. They didn't observe safety features that they need to put or they needed to put around that section of the road so that we don't lose lives. If you go to a doctor who is a quack, he's likely to kill you. True or not, or not true. Yeah, or he might give you a wrong diagnosis. You know, you think you have typhoid, but okay, you have typhoid, but he tells you that you have a flu. So you, you treat a flu instead of treating typhoid. And you might die, isn't it? So it's dangerous to be around people who have not been equipped. If you're around a pastor who is not equipped is going to be dangerous for you as well. And we have seen in history how rogue men of God have even killed people. There's a story in Uganda of this 
man who told his congregation that Jesus is coming. And so he locked them in a church and lit the church with fire so they can meet Jesus. In our country, recently, you know Shakahola event. I don't know many details, but by following the few details that I was able to follow, you can tell that it's very dangerous to be around a man of God who is not really, really trained for the work of the ministry. We see it all over. It's not only in Africa. Even in the U.S., there's a story of a guy who gave some people something to drink. I think it was poison, a man of God, to drink so that they may meet Jesus. They may escape the problems. It's called Jim Jones. Escape the problems, you know, of this world. So it is dangerous to be around someone who has not been equipped. It's dangerous to receive services from someone who has not been equipped When I felt the call of God upon my life, the first thing I did was to go to a Bible school. Because I started asking myself, um, I wanna, if, if I'm sick and I go to a doctor, I want to go to a doctor who is trained. If I need legal services, I need to go to a lawyer who is trained. So if I'm going to be in the ministry, then I need to be trained. Praise the Lord. So without boasting, I want you to know that I'm trained. I've sat under tutors and professors. Yeah, I'm trained. The way you're clapping your hands, it's like you don't believe what I'm saying. I'm telling you, I've been trained. I have studied. Amen. And I've graduated. Not only one Bible school, several Bible schools. Praise the Lord. So it is important for you to be trained. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's important for you to be equipped. You see, the Bible says in Mark chapter 3 and verse 14 that he appointed 12 that they might be with him. Jesus had something. And he wanted to bequeath whatever he had to this disciple. So what did he do? He appointed the twelve that he might be with, that they might be with him. Jesus brought them close for a reason. He ate with them. He walked with them. He fellowshiped with them. He had very deep conversations with them. He intentionally spent time with them and had numerous interactions with them in order to equip them for the work of the ministry. And this was not virtual training. This was face-to-face, one-on-one training. This was on-site training. It was a class of a sort. They were in a class around Jesus. And he could preach to the multitudes, but also he could take time to train, you know, the disciples for the work of the ministry. To be thoroughly equipped for the work of the Lord requires proximity. You can't do it from far. You can't do it virtually. You must be there. You must be on site. There must be face-to-face, you know, interaction with the person that is training you for you to really benefit from that mentoring experience. Experiencing life with the mentor or mentees helps the mentor to track the progress of the mentees, to offer advice, to correct them, even when they go wrong. And at the same time, the mentees are able to learn from the mentor, to learn from his decisions, to, love, to learn from his life, to learn you know, from many, many aspects of his life because the two of them are connected. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, 
I know many of you don't have even time to go to the Bible school because you are very busy. I know many of you, by the time you met Jesus, you had already decided that you would be a lawyer. Many of you, by the time you met Jesus, you had already decided that you would be an engineer, a businesswoman, and whatever. And there's something that you're already doing. And I felt that in this church, I needed to come up with a training program that can help many of you who had already decided to do whatever you're doing right now so that you can still be equipped for the work of the ministry. Because God wants you to be equipped for his work. That's why we have T-Track. Somebody shout T-Track. Now when we say T-Track, some of you don't understand what it is. It is simply transformation track. It's a discipleship program that I put together over the years to help you to deepen your faith in God, to be a strong Christian, but also to understand the work of the ministry, to find your place in the ministry so that you can start functioning. You see, when I was growing up, people used to think that the ministry is only for special people that God has set aside. Few selected people that God has set aside. And I remember when I was growing up, you could hear the way some pastors were talking, some evangelists were talking, prophets were talking, how they had an encounter with God. And it was a very spectacular encounter. That one day they were in a room, then there was a light that shone in the room. Then they heard a voice, a booming baritone voice, saying, Steve, Steve, I am the Lord thy God. And God always spoke in the King James version of the Bible, or King James version of the language, of the English language. I have called thee. <laughs> thou hast been called. For the work of the ministry. And, and we used to feel like you need to have that spectacular encounter. For you to be able to do, you know, the work of the ministry. But after studying the word of God, I realized it's not the case. Like when you look at even the disciples of Jesus. I mean, it was an ordinary encounter that Jesus had with them. He, he went where they were. They were fishing. And he just told them, come and follow me. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. Come and follow me. And the Bible says that many are called. Many are called. So that means many of us have been called by God. Look at your neighbor and tell them you are also included. Because some of you are waiting for that spectacular thing. Spectacular light. You want to see Angel Gabriel showing up in your room. Telling you, Levi, 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 Levi. I am Angel Gabriel who stands in the presence of God. And the Lord thy God has sent me to thee to tell thee that you have been called. You will wait forever. It might not happen. Because when you look at even the Bible, not everybody had an a spectacular calling of God upon their lives. There are very, very few. But many people were called in a very ordinary way. And you and I, by being saved, we have been called by God. And because we've been called by God to do the work of God, then we need to be trained. Look at your neighbor and tell them, you need to be trained. For me, I believe everybody who gets saved has been called by God. And they need to be trained for the work of the ministry. That is my belief. Because God does not just save you so that you go to heaven. He's saving you for his purpose. He has saved you for his purpose. He has saved you for his mission. He has saved you so that you can be involved in the work of the ministry. 
So we have the transformation truck to train you and to help you so that you can do the work of God. And many people always ask me, Pastor, does it mean I need to resign my job? No. You can, steal your jo- you can do your job and still do the work of the ministry. Oh, yes. You can be a lay pastor. Yeah, most of my pastors are lay pastors. They do their jobs and they do their pastoral work. Yeah, when I send them to bury people, they bury people. When I send them to go and officiate weddings, they go and officiate weddings. When I tell them to go and preach, they preach. Yeah, your job should never stop you from fulfilling God's call upon your life. You're very quiet this morning. Is it the effects of fasting? Yeah, your job, your profession, your business, your career should never stop you from doing the work of the ministry. And when God wants you to be full-time, look, you will be full-time. Yeah. He will visit you. And he will talk to you. And you will be full-time. Praise the Lord. Because many of us, our worry is, now when I become full-time, uh-huh, so I have to be poor. Uh-huh, so I will not have this. Uh-huh, so I will not have shoes. Uh-huh, so I'll be wearing torn shoes, torn trousers. Uh-huh, so my children will be suffering. Uh-huh, me, I will never be full-time. In fact, I don't want this thing called the call of God upon my life. That is the worry of many people. But that should be none of your worries. Jesus told the disciples, when I sent you, did you lack anything? They say, nothing. When God sends you, you will never lack anything. If you see somebody struggling and they are lacking something, you should ask them if they were sent. You're very quiet here. I believe when God orders for a bill, he will pay it. When God sends you to go somewhere and you go for him, he will supply for you. Things might be thick, but eventually he will supply. Come on, talk to me, somebody. Things might be difficult temporarily, but I want you to know that God will supply. I have been serving God my entire life, and I can tell you that God is a faithful God. God is Jehovah Jireh. When he calls you, he will supply. When he calls you, he will bless you. When he calls you, he will provide for all your need. Can I hear an amen in this house? So we have this, I'm trying to get to this class. So we have this transformation track, and these are different books here. Somebody come and help me here quickly. I can see one of my books is not here. So this is the training. Somebody say training. So this is the membership track. We call it the M track. Introduces the church to you, introduces you to, to God. You know God, you find your place in the church, you know yourself, you understand your temperaments, you understand your gifts, you understand your talents, you understand, you know, how you have been wired and shaped so that you can fit, you know, in the church and begin to serve God. It's called the membership track. Very, very powerful. Tell your neighbor, it's very powerful. Yeah, we have the activate and we have the connect and we have the transform. This are very powerful books that you need to go through. This is like the foundation of Christianity to help you develop very strong roots, you know, in your salvation. You will learn about prayer. You will learn about reading the Bible. You will will learn about the Holy Spirit. You will learn about the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. You will learn about leadership. You will learn about the church. There are so many things that you will get from here. Loyalty, Absalom Syndrome, All these things are here. Praise and worship. All these things are here that you need to go through so that your roots can be strong in the Christian faith. Are we together, somebody? So this is your Bible school. 
This is your training ground. As someone who has come to this church, as someone who has gotten born again, and you have joined this ministry, this T-Track is to help you be equipped for the work of the ministry. And I'll prove to you why you are born again from a scripture, because you guys love scriptures, isn't it? Then when you are done, we have this Pastors from the Pews. It's a very powerful book. Hallelujah. You see, if you're not equipped, you cannot do this. And all these books, I'm the one who wrote them. Because I've been trained. Yes. So I am giving you what I have received. Because, you know, to him much is given. Much is required. You understand what I'm talking about. So this is pastors from the pew. Some people say, oh, me, I don't want to be a pastor. You know, why should I come to that class? I don't want to be a pastor. I don't feel the calling of being a pastor. I've realized the people who really fight that call are the ones God has called. That's what I have noticed in my little investigation. If you hear people talking like that, ah, me, eh, I don't want to be a pastor. I've never felt this calling. In fact, I don't even know. Hey, man, boy, I'm a pastor, Mimi. Those are the people God has called. They are fighting what is inside of them. Even if you're not called to be a pastor, come and learn pastoral work so that you can support your pastor. You can understand the magnitude of pastoral work so that you can understand a pastor is not just this someone who stands before me every Sunday with a suit and a microphone and an iPad to preach a 45 sermon to me. It is more than that. And when you understand the pastoral office, then you know how to support you know, the pastor that God has placed under you. Amen. So tell your neighbor, join the class. Do they look like a pastor? Turn to your neighbor and tell them, neighbor, you look like a pastor. This is starting point. Someone say starting point. Yeah, beautiful book. Amazing. Wow. I love it. Starting point is practical ministry. After you have received all this knowledge, how do you step into ministry and start serving? This is just to help you to now hit the ground running. Practical ministry, evangelism, small groups, working with others, going for souls, having the burden that God has for the world. You see, you can be a Christian, but you don't have the burden that God has for the world. That's why a lot of Christians are very selfish. They only think about themselves. They never think about others. This should make you think about others. It will, it will break your heart coming to church and you live in an estate and you are the only one who leaves Sunday morning to come to church. And the rest of the guys are sleeping, nursing, hangovers. It should break your heart. If it doesn't break your heart, then you don't have the heart of God. Heaven is so big, we should fill it up. Tell your neighbor, heaven is so big, we should fill it up. Practical ministry. Starting point. Beautiful. Amen? And then I felt, because in this church, we'll always have young parents, because people are getting married every now and then. So I put together, um, in fact, let me start with this. This is before you say, I do. Before you commit your life to anyone, you need to be trained. You need to be made to understand what marriage is. Because a lot of people prepare for the wedding, but they never prepare for marriage. Marriage is everything. Wedding is just for a few hours. You know, I went to another wedding one time. Uh, 
somebody invited for me for the wedding. And when I was at the venue of the wedding, I kept on calling the person, are you coming? Because now I realize it's like we are there waiting and the person is not coming. It's 11, it is 1, it's going to 2. I called the person, are you coming? We are here waiting for you. She said, I am coming. We waited. I said, okay, let me go for lunch. So I went for lunch. At lunch, came back. She has still not arrived. I called her, are you coming for your wedding? She said, yeah, I'm coming. She arrived at the wedding at 6. And then she started marching. Uh, the presiding minister was so mad. He went behind there, grabbed her and the husband-to-be, pulled them to the altar, joined them quickly, and he left. According to the law of this country, you're not supposed to do a wedding after 6 p.m. So many people prepare for the wedding, but the wedding is for a few hours. This book prepares you for marriage. Marriage is a lifetime. And there are many people who fall in love and they think the feeling they have. Oh, it's a powerful feeling. How many of you have ever fallen in love before? <whistles> Lift up your hand, please. We are in the house of God. Don't lie. You have fallen in love with someone. Oh, let me rephrase it. How many you have ever had a crush on someone? The one you go like, whew. Is that an angel or a human being? That feeling can never sustain a marriage. Because that feeling changes. You need to understand what marriage is. This book has principles that will help you have a wonderful marriage. Praise the Lord. What marriage is. Communication in marriage. Money matters. Hmm? Conflict resolution. Hmm? How to deal with in-laws. <laughs> Everybody's saying, hey, when in-laws are that bad? <laughs> Amen. Yes, I've even written a chapter, a whole chapter on sex. Bedroom fireworks is in, the, in this, this book. Very, very powerful. Oh, you see, those are the ones who have gone through it. They know how powerful it is. This is to prepare. Tell your neighbor, we are being prepared. We are being prepared. And you're telling me, Pastor, why are you mentioning sex in church? Is because if your sex is not right, you can never do the work of the ministry. Thank you, Pastor. I wish I had some dollars. Yeah. Um, if, look at how many preachers who are anointed, they never reached at the summit of their anointing because of sex. Because of a problem in between their legs. Okay. Now you're very quiet. How many are saying, Pastor, you're saying the truth? It's the truth. So we have to talk about it. And we have to put it in the right place. So that we don't short circuit the ministry and the calling of God upon our lives. Praise the Lord. After you get married, you'll get children. This is parenting class. Just to help you. To help you. And many parents are very proud. They don't come for this class. This is just to help you. Look, knowledge is good. No matter where you are in life, knowledge is good. The Bible says, my people perish for lack of what? Of knowledge. This book is very nice to help you to raise your kids. It's a blessing. Praise the Lord. Amen. So ask your neighbor, have you attended the classes? 
they are murmuring, tell them you need to join the class. And I want to challenge everybody who is a member of this church, including those who are watching online. If you've not joined any of these classes, today I want to challenge you to join the classes. Because mentoring, the process of mentoring that leads to multiplication requires that we be equipped. When people are not equipped in the church, we can never multiply. That's why you don't even know how to do evangelism, because you've not been equipped. That's why you're even shy to share your faith with your neighbor, your friend, or your colleague, because you're not equipped. But when you're equipped, you will have boldness to share Jesus with your neighbor, with your friend, with your colleague. It will be easy for you to bring somebody to church because you've been equipped for the work of the ministry. Can somebody say amen? Can we go deeper? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11. And he himself, can we read together? And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some and some and why did he give all these ministry gifts? Next verse. For the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the pastors have been given to equip the saints. My main, the main thrust of my ministry is not to preach a sermon every Sunday. It's to equip you for the work of the ministry. That should be the goal of pastoral work. To equip the saints so that the saints may do the work of the ministry. But what has happened is the saints wait for the pastor who is the most anointed, mightiest prophet in the land to do the work of the ministry. But that's not what the Bible says. The work of a pastor, the work of an apostle, the work of an evangelist, the work of prophets, the work of all these people is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. My prayer is that you will become this saint that has been equipped for the work of the ministry. My vision is not for me to do everything. I don't want to do everything because I don't have the capacity to do everything. I don't have the strength to run everywhere. I don't have the capacity to be everywhere. It is only God who is omnipresent. I am not omnipresent. My work is to raise many other workers, many other preachers, many other pastors, many other evangelists, many other prophets because of the work of the ministry. Are you hearing what I'm preaching this morning? So I will do it. That's why I'm not even waiting for a pastor to come from the Bible school to come so that he can become a pastor. You are the man I will raise. You are the woman that I will raise. You are the person that I'm going to raise. I know you don't believe in yourself, but I believe in you. And I know God has brought you under me for a reason. He knew that I needed you. My work is to train you. And one day you will stand and wonder what God has done in your life. Because you are going to be equipped and trained and matured in the ministry. Can I hear loud a shout of amen in this house. Look at your neighbor and tell them you are the one pastor is preaching about. Oh yes. Yes. Very soon you will see female prophetesses. Very soon you will see young people who are young bishops in countries, in cities 
doing the work of the ministry. Very soon you will see pastors, many pastors who have been sent out as missionaries, different cities and different countries to go and do the work of the ministry. I pray that God may give you long life. You see the fulfillment of this prophecy. It will come to pass in Jesus' name. Shout a louder amen in this house. Number four, the journey of mentorship involves the commission. Mark chapter 3, verse 14 to 15, then he appointed 12 that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach. He wanted to be with him. He wanted them to be with him rather so that he may send them, so that he may commission them. And only, not only to commission them, but for them to have power. Somebody shout power. Power to heal sicknesses and to cast out demons. So the purpose for mentorship is to produce a herald. Who is a herald? A herald is a bearer of good news. Mentorship triggers the production of heralds who will fulfill the great commission. They will preach and they will also dispense supernatural power which will result in the multiplication of souls in God's kingdom. And this is what Jesus did. He took ordinary people and made them fishers of men. They were fishers of fish, but he converted them into fishers of men, taught them, mentored them, prayed for them, rebuked them, corrected them, instructed them, answered their questions, spent time with them, prayed for them. There's a day he breathed the Holy Spirit over their lives until these guys became fishers of men. The process of mentoring, the ultimate goal for the process of mentorship is to produce a herald. A herald who has the message, but also he carries power behind the message that he has received. So he has the message, and what is this message? Good news. But also he has power. He can dispense power. Mm. Because the gospel of Jesus is not just in word, but is also in deed. This gospel we are preaching is not just theoretical, it is also practical. There is power. There is power in the gospel. I say there is power in the gospel. I say there is power in the gospel. I need to raise you and train you to a point when a devil shows up in your house, you can cast it out. When a demon shows up at your doorstep, you can cast it out. When a witch is running around your house, you don't get scared. And you look for pastor's number. Pasi? Eh? What's going on? There's a witch around my house. He's running around and throwing dust on the roof of my house. Pasi's will come. Come, I need reinforcement. Come. No, I need to train you so that even if I'm not there, you can rebuke devils, demon, demons. Amen. Look, look at this verse. It says, He gave them power and, 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 and so that he may, they may have power. Somebody shout power to heal sicknesses and to do what? And to cast out demons. So we can't bring all the sicknesses and the problems to the pastor. 
Their problems, their diseases, their sicknesses, their demons, that when you go through mentorship, you will be anointed to deal with them. You will be empowered to deal with them. I wish I got a better amen in this house. Oh, yes. You see, when we understand this, you will realize, look, all I need is mentorship. All I need is mentorship. All I need is to be trained and then to be commissioned. And when I'm commissioned, I can be able to do the work. Jesus told the disciples, greater works than this shall you do. That means the student must do more than the teacher. Oh, yes. The student must do so much more than the teacher. I thank God for what I have done, but it cannot be compared with what you're going to do, what you're going to accomplish. As you sit under me, God will anoint you and empower you so that you can do mighty deeds, so that you can perform exploits in the kingdom of God. If you're the one, lift your hand and shout, yes, I receive it. But you see what is happening is, believers are weak. Believers are not trained. Believers are not mentored. And they are very weak in the house of God. Remember the story I gave you last Sunday? Of this lady who pranks believers. She has something that she puts in her mouth which makes her look like a vampire. Then she approaches, and the way she's dressed, especially when she approaches men, they are interested. Because she dressed in a very seductive manner. And she begins to talk to these men. And then when she opens their mouth, because she tells the men, I want your blood. Where? And you can see the men running while they are invoking the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus! In the name of Jesus! And the man is running. You can see fear. <laughs> And the man is running. That is not the kind of believers that we need to raise. You will not run away from demons. Demons will run away from you. Who am I preaching to in this house? You will not run away from devils. Devils will run away from you. You see, when Jesus entered an environment that was full of demons, demons were unsettled. So you, will, you should not run away from them. They should be the ones recognizing your presence. And they begin to plead for mercy. I see God raising you to that level. As you go through mentorship, I see God raising you to that level. So that we can have more evangelists in the church. We can have more pastors in the church. We can have more teachers of the word of God in the church. And that, what is that? That is multiplication. Because sometimes the demon doesn't, you, 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 you can't wait. Sometimes you can't wait. The pastor has traveled and there is a demon. We are waiting for the pastor to come back. To cast out the demon. The pastor is in Brazil. The mightiest prophet is in Brazil. We are, we are waiting for him to come so that we can cast the devil. That is not the word I am reaching. I'm, I'm reading here to you. The word of God says we must equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So that when you are commissioned, you can, do and, you can go and do mighty works for God. Acts chapter 3, as I finish. Peter and John are going to the temple at the hour of prayer. And at the gate they meet a guy there who was crippled. Remember, this is the Peter that was with Jesus. 
This is the Peter that used to be a fisherman and he's unschooled, never went to any school. And he met Jesus and started following Jesus. And something happened in the life of Peter. Acts chapter 2, he received the, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And not only that, it's like he caught something from Jesus. He saw how Jesus performed miracles because he was very close to Jesus. He saw how Jesus raised the dead. He saw how Jesus taught the word. He saw how Jesus preached. No wonder when Peter opened his mouth, you can see that he was flowing in teaching the way Jesus was flowing in teaching. He preached in Acts chapter 2 until 3,000 souls were saved. That is Peter, an unlearned guy who has never gone to school. But when he was around Jesus, he caught something. Acts chapter 3, Jesus is long gone. And the guy is going to the temple with his brother John. And they meet a guy there at the gate called Beautiful who has never walked. The Bible says he was crippled from his mother's womb. And the guy was there begging people to help. I'm sure they placed him around the church because they felt church people are generous. Is it true? <laughs> I'm just asking you a question. Is it true that church people are very generous? Something to think about. And when the guy was there begging, begging, and when Peter and John arrived there, the guy looked to Peter, expecting to receive something. And Peter said, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have we give unto you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Remember, Jesus was not there with them. But there is something they had caught from their interaction with Jesus. They say, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Held the guy by the hand. Lifted him up. And the Bible says the ankle of his feet, because the guy had spaghetti legs. The ankle of his feet received strength. And the guy started walking. He had never walked from his mother's womb. All of a sudden he's walking. Started leaping and jumping and praising the Lord. He entered into the temple and everybody saw that this was truly a miracle. You know, there are miracles when they take place. You cannot dispute. Because the Bible says people knew him. They knew that this is the guy that has been at the gate begging for help all these years. Wow. What a miracle. Beautiful miracle. But as they were celebrating this side, News spread so fast and it got to the chief priests, the Sadducees. When you jump to Acts chapter 4, Peter and John were arrested. And they were not arrested by secular people. They were arrested by church people. Do you know the people who persecuted Jesus are church people? Not sinners, church people. The Sadducees and the, and, and the Pharisees are the ones who persecuted Jesus. Anyway, they took Peter and John and the Bible says they put them into custody. But by the time they are putting Peter and John in custody, Acts chapter 4, beam the scriptures as I'm talking, 5,000 souls had been won in the kingdom of God. And so they put them in prison and it was in the evening, so they couldn't do much. So they decided, you guys, you're going to sleep and then tomorrow, we are going to present you before the religious council. So the following day, 
they presented Peter and John before the religious council and they started questioning them. Acts chapter 4, verse 5 to 7, if you have it. Give me. And it came to pass on the next day that their rulers, elders, and scribes, uh -huh, as well as Annas, the high priest, what a name, <laughs> Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the family of the high priest were gathered together at Jerusalem. They came to meet John and Peter. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power? Because they saw power. I prophesy this year, people will see power through your hands. People will see power through your life. If you believe it, shout aloud, amen, in this house. Give somebody a high five and tell them, people must see power through my life. Power, 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 power. Hey, hey. They saw power. They say, they say, look, go back. Go back. Why are you in a hurry? You have power behind there. Huh? Hey. Verse 6. No, verse 7, power. <laughs> it's power we want. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power? Or by what name? You see, there are two things they saw. They saw power, and they saw name. They saw power, and they saw the message. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm saying. They saw power, and they saw the message. That's why I told you, when you are being commissioned, you are being commissioned as a herald. And a herald is a carrier of the message but also he's a carrier of power. He's a carrier of the name. Which name is this? It's not the name of the church. It is the name of Jesus, the savior of the world, the deliverer of the world. And they also dispense supernatural power. They say, by what power? Hey. Or by what name have you done this? Verse 8. Then Peter, whew, glory to God, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, look at the eloquence that Peter has right now because of impartation he received through mentorship. If we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man by what means he has been made well, verse 10, Let's move quickly. Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus, Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. Keep going quickly. Hey. This is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Verse 12. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name. Peter is preaching. Tell your neighbor, Peter is preaching. Under heaven, this is the message given among men by which we must be saved. Peter the coward is now preaching. 
Peter, who was threatened by a little girl, a damsel, he's now preaching. Because he caught something from Jesus. He received something from Jesus. Before he met Jesus, he was not a preacher. Before he met Jesus, he was not a dispenser of power. But after sitting under the mentoring of, mentorship of Jesus, he received the message and he received power as well. I prophesy as you go through the T-Track. I prophesy as you sit under mentorship. I prophesy as you go through our discipleship program. You will receive something. You will receive power. You will receive the message to go and turn the cities upside down. If you believe it, shout aloud, amen. My goodness. Give me the scripture. I need to finish. Now, when they saw, look at that verse 13. When they saw, these people are seeing things. They are seeing the message, Pastor Zef. They are seeing the power. And now, they are seeing the boldness. They are seeing these are guys who are not scared. These are guys who are not fearful. The reason why you are fearful is because you, are not, you have not gone through mentorship. The reason why you can't even reach out to your neighbor. The reason why you can't reach out to your friends. The reason why you cannot invite anybody to church. You are scared of them. is because you have not gone through mentorship. The moment you go through mentorship and you benefit through that process, you become bold in the spirit. My goodness, you will go to the streets and talk to people about Jesus. You will become a herald of the good news. You will have the message and you will have the power. I say you will have the message and you will have the power. I say you will have the message and you will have the power. Peter is not scared. And the Bible says now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. We've never been to any Bible school. Uneducated and untrained men. Never been to any Bible school, but they have been to T-Track. They marveled and they realized that they had been with who? With Jesus. They realized these guys, mm -mm, something has happened to them. They spent time with Jesus. And when they spent time with Jesus, something happened to them. And if I can take you back to Matthew chapter 28, Jesus gave them the great commission. Jesus commissioned them. After staying with them for three and a half years, he commissioned them. He told them, all authority has been given unto me. Go ye into the world and preach to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. In Mark, he says, and lo, I am with you always. I want you to know, ladies and gentlemen, if we are going to multiply, if we are going to have more diligent uh, food soldiers of Jesus Christ who carry the message and dispense the power of the Holy Spirit we must embrace mentorship it is mentorship that will bring multiplication in the church it is mentorship that will bring the growth of pastors and leaders and churches and souls into the kingdom of God if we are not mentored there will be no multiplication I came to preach you out of your comfort zone I came to preach you out of your lethargy it is high time you become a disciple. It is high 
time you become a mentee. It is high time for you to say, Pastor, I need to be mentored. I need to be trained. I need to be matured in the work of the ministry. I am tired of just coming to church as an ordinary Christian, listening to a sermon, and then I go back home. I come the following Sunday. I listen to a sermon, and I go back home. But the devil is a liar. 2024, we are going to raise disciples. 2024, we are going to raise students of the word of God that we may bring multiplication in the house of God. If you believe in Saudi, yeah. Give somebody a high five and tell them I'm ready to be mentored. I'm ready to be mentored. You will not just be an ordinary believer in the house of God. We refuse in the name of Jesus. Disciples must come forth. Mentees must come forth. You must be willing to be trained so that we bring multiplication in the house of God. Jesus was not there but the preachers who preached him were there. Read the book of Acts. The Bible says they went to another city. And the people in that city say, the people who have turned cities upside down have come to us. The people who have turned cities upside down have come to us. Miracle workers have come to us. Heralds, carriers of the message, and they are ready to dispense supernatural power have come to us. I declare to you today, you will not be an ordinary Christian. I refuse as your pastor in the name of Jesus. You will not be just an ordinary believer in the house of God. Something is going to get into you. You will receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall become my witnesses in Jerusalem. In there in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth, you will become a witness in Nairobi, in Embu, in Nakuru, in Mombasa, in Kitale, in South Africa, in Tanzania, in Uganda. Shout yes if you believe my preaching today. Stand to your feet. I'm done. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can now get in touch with Dr. Dazo Tachero on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.